0: Hello, my name is Nene White, and I am your host of this, the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. Welcome. This episode's topic is not an especially easy one, and I'm wondering, actually, how many listeners will stick all the way through with me. I wonder, because as time goes by, there have been so many times when I've had to face the fact that just because things seem obvious to me, or simple to me, they might very well not be simple and obvious for everyone else. And and that is okay, of course, because what a boring world it would be if we all saw the world from the exact same point of view. Also, newsflash, I'm not the center of the universe. No one is, of course, which is an important starting point for what I hope to share now. Starting with a broad stroke, I want to talk about public schools all schools really that um, about them that we can probably all agree are places where all students should be able to gain a quality education. Along with practical skills, so they can grow into well rounded individuals who contribute in the big picture to the forward progress of our country of our planet really. Okay, good so far this is a podcast about social emotional learning. And we literally take a big picture perspective on what SEL in reality includes. And I have never been one to dodge difficult situations or challenging topics if they matter. And this matters. So I'm moving ahead on this one. You've heard of CRT, critical race theory. I mean, who hasn't? And um, maybe you've paid a lot of attention to the controversy around it, or maybe the central issues of CRT are not relevant in any ways that are obvious to your daily life or your teaching content or your family's well-being. Either way, whether it seems really important and upfront for you or not, Um, I'm not here to promote CRT uh, particularly, although I do think it's a fascinating and necessary topic that our middle and upper grade students should be exposed to. But the craziest thing is happening right now. Social emotional learning has come under attack as a sort of sheep in wolf's clothing, hiding as a way to get CRT into all the grades, even the youngest grades. With the accusation that if such a thing were allowed to happen, it would be a terrible thing, according to the people who have mounted the conflict campaign, because according to them, SEL is just a cover-up to promote CRT. Totally not true, but that's the narrative that's being promoted in some very intense and even threatening ways across the country. Although social emotional learning is not a cover up for CRT, the fact is SEL without any reference to different people's advantages and disadvantages would be incomplete and really purposefully manipulative um, if taken to the extreme. And I want to just for a moment uh, take a moment to define different. For purposes of this conversation, different is anyone who doesn't look like, act like, talk like, dress like, and have the same preferences as the majority, which is usually white and heterosexual, right? Let's get real here. So why does one side assert that SEL without any reference to different people's advantages and disadvantages is incomplete? Because SEL is about the human and humane sides of all our actions and interactions, and since different people are treated differently in the world on the street in offices in all kinds of situations restaurants in the classroom on playgrounds differences must be acknowledged. Although lectures are certainly not appropriate for our youngest students on these topics of concern, even though even the youngest kids are observing the world around them all the time, so they do see what's going on. There's just no getting around that fact. We do need to model, of course, and facilitate our young students' attention in directions that promote fairness and respect for all. Because each person's identity is a a real thing that they alone get to own without being challenged, disregarded, or disrespected. And because SEL, social emotional learning, at its core is about about people getting along with others and with self, I ask you, how could anti-racist, anti-bias, Anti oppressive lenses not be part of our SEL teaching toolkits. Otherwise, and this is going to offend some people, for which I am very sad, but otherwise, we are allowing oppression with a hug into our class environments, into our school environments, into our communities, and on it goes. It just ripples and ripples. Have you heard that expression, oppression with a hug? For me, that implies a form of oppression or supremacy, a kind of a supremacy mindset by way of pretending or denial or simple non-acknowledgement of others' experiences with long-range effects that silently and invisibly seep into the air we breathe, the air we inhale and the air we exhale, all pervasive unless it's called out. For what it is. Who doesn't love and seek to expand win-win situations? Why would anyone be against win-win situations? If there are no losers in win-win situations, how could anyone have a problem with that? I, I just don't get it. I've never understood that. but there is a whole group fueled by powerful conservative entities like social media privately funded organizations, think tank foundations, PACs, and politicians that uh, there's proof that they are exploiting and agitating local ideas about what should be taught and what should be learned in our schools. Targets include school district policy, state law, and most troubling, many, many accounts of specific local educators themselves being targeted and threatened just for wanting to teach social emotional learning because supposedly it's, it's got these deep, dark, hidden agendas. At this point, I want to quickly let you know that my source for this uh, episode, this conversation, is a research paper produced at UCLA's Institute for Democracy, Education, and Access, titled, The Conflict Campaign exploring local experiences of the campaign to ban critical race theory in public kindergarten through 12th education in the US 2020 to 2021. The report can be accessed online, and I've included the link in this episode's show notes. The report describes those who are promoting the conflict campaign, which in the briefest possible terms is an anti-CRT campaign because it manufactures con- conflict and it exploits existing divisions over how to teach about race and inclusion in US public schools. The US- UCLA research paper found that many educators experienced the conflict campaign as a local effort to restrict K through 12 learning about race and diversity driven by politics. The conflict campaign, according to the UCLA research paper described a moment ago, exists to restrict, censor, and control a wide set of school conversations on race and inclusion with clear intentions to block students of color and white students, to to block um, students of color and white students from discussing together how they might work together to ensure that all are included and valued in our society, that our, all are retreated with dignity and respect. CRT, critical race theory, which is what the conflict campaign is so against, is a logical and fact-based effort to analyze as the sources of racial inequality in our laws and our society both historically and currently, while describing itself as a deeply patriotic effort to help all U.S. citizens participate in building the country that we say we are, one nation, indivisible, under God, with liberty and justice for all. If we believe in the promises of equality, how are we supposed to live in inequality if we can't talk honestly about inequality. That's like inviting me and my family to Thanksgiving with your family without ever telling me what to bring to contribute to the celebration and without ever telling me where your, your address of your actual home so I can even come with my family. I need more information. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I'm always about discovering and sharing solutions. So here's some good news. There are school leaders and there are school districts around the country that, although they are in the minority, they have not caved to the intimidation tactics of the conflict campaign. One inspiring example is Aaron Spence. He is the superintendent of Virginia Beach City's Public Schools. Superintendent Spent wrote an op-ed for the Virginian pilot and yes, the link to his op-ed is in this episode's notes. He wrote, and I'll be paraphrasing here, purposefully confusing good and well-established SEL programs with accusations about what's happening in our schools, while implying that some people are more concerned about children's well-rounded, actually, well, I'm sorry, while implying that some people are actually more concerned about children's well-rounded development than others and attacking the credibility of public education with accusations of indoctrination is disappointing at best and destructive at worst is what he wrote. Superintendent Spence went on in his op ed to invite community members to look for common ground, which it turns out has been relatively easy to find outside of school board meetings in one on one conversations with parents. He has met with many parents and asked them, can you share with me what part of this issue is a concern for you specifically. Which skill, he asked, which ideas in the SEL curriculum do you feel are threatening? Which ones feel like indoctrination or are causing cause for some kind of concern for you? The consistent outcome of those one-on-one meetings, lots of common ground was discovered. And all sides wanted to move forward in more constructive ways because the fear-mongering had been neutralized with critical thinking and with balanced consideration of observable path, observable facts. Big, big lesson here. We must not rely solely on headlines, on social media, on the most adamant voice at public meetings when it comes to making our own informed choices about important educational policy and curriculum for today's youth. And of course, That's where the critical thinking element of this episode comes into focus. What are the characteristics of critical thinking? Let's look at that for a second. Critical thinking involves defining a problem then asking questions, examining evidence, analyzing our own assumptions and biases. That's always a big one. Uh, when we want to exercise our critical thinking skills. Also avoiding emotional reasoning and responses. Avoiding oversimplification. Being open to new and different interpretations of familiar information. And also, this this is a little bit challenging, tolerating ambiguity and the coexistence of Things that may at first seem to contradict each other. But sometimes if you take can get far enough away from an issue, just a little bit distance, you can see how they're both necessary to balance each other. And then let's look at some common obstacles to successful critical thinking. Number one is over-reliance on feelings or emotions without any kind of analogical or analytical um, exercising. Societal and cultural-centered thinking, like dogma and peer pressure. Unconscious bias, also known as selective perception. All of these are, you know, ways to, make choices and decisions and come to conclusions that, that we all are very susceptible to, even if we're really intent on exercising our critical thinking skills. So it's important to remind ourselves about, about the, the pieces of critical thinking. And, and it really does require that we sometimes just take a breath if we're feeling too, many, too much emotion around issues so that we can maybe get more of our prefrontal cortex engaged when um, thinking about important issues is required. So to be 100% fair, it is now appropriate for me to encourage you to not just accept what I've said in this little rant, but to evaluate the validity of what I've presented and try to bring logic in your own lived experience with your heart and your mind, to create a balanced perspective with a wide angle lens that might expand and deepen your understanding and appreciation of this really important area of today's jumble of ideas that have been headlined around social emotional learning and critical race theory. So, what do you think? I would love to hear from you. I would love to learn from you and with you, as always. And as always, thank you for being here. Thank you for all that you seek to bring to today's youth. I hope you will connect with me on Instagram on the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast page. All right. Thank you.